Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode This week, we are going to talk about breaking free from overspending and impulse shopping. This is a really big topic, so I'm really excited to dig into it with you guys. Before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you guys about my favorite cash back savings app, Fetch Rewards. So I mentioned it last week and so many of you signed up. I was just overwhelmed by the response. And so I wanted to make sure to mention it again. I will link in the show notes where you can sign up for Fetch Rewards. And I know we are talking about shopping this week. But Fetch Rewards is one of those ways that you can earn cash back on things that you actually have to buy, like groceries for me. Pretty much the only thing I get cash back on is groceries and random receipts that I find in the parking lot or left at the self-checkout at Walmart or something like that. Um, So this type of cashback app is not prompting you to spend money on things that you don't need, which is something obviously that I am really passionate about and obviously something that I wouldn't pass on to you guys if it was going to be a bad influence on your budget. So if you are interested in Fetch Rewards and you haven't signed up yet, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this episode and make sure to follow that link and enter my referral code so I can get credit for you signing up and you can also get the 2000 points, which is $2 worth of enrollment points. (laughs) Okay, so let's jump into this week's episode. So I'm very excited to be talking about impulse shopping and overspending and how you can break free from these things. This is an episode that I am recording in the morning. A lot of you, if you are longtime listeners, know that a lot of my solo episodes I record after my kids go to bed. But since this is such a big topic, I literally have five pages of notes, like outline notes to talk to you guys about. So this is a big topic and I wanted to make sure that I had plenty of time and didn't get tired halfway through. So um, I am honestly still sipping my coffee. So if you hear some random awkward pauses, that is me drinking coffee. (laughs) So just keeping it real with you guys this week. So let's talk about... The difference between impulse shopping and overspending. And I think that these terms accidentally get used interchangeably and they are not the same thing. And I think that the first step of this is realizing that there is a difference between impulse shopping and overspending. So impulse shopping is emotional. It has a heart issue behind it, right? It has that splurge, take no prisoners kind of heart issue mindset behind it, right? Overspending is simply going over budget. And that could be even on boring stuff like your groceries. You could still overspend. You can get a little carried away and you can spend a little too much money or not even carried away, just accidentally overspending, right? So they are very similar, 
But I think what differentiates them is that is the is the heart issue behind them. I feel like overspending is more careless or um, just not tracking properly, not adding up what you're spending while you're actually at the store before you check out, things like that. Impulse shopping is very, you know, take no prisoners. Like I'm buying things to fix other issues, right? So let's talk about dealing with the impulse shopping. I think when some of us say overspending, what we a lot of times we mean impulse shopping because they get a lot of questions um, asking how to deal with that, how to how to combat that, what to do. And I think that a lot of times we mean impulse shopping. We mean that addiction, right? So just like any other addiction that you're trying to break free of, I mean, this is not to be taken lightly. And obviously it's not as harsh as being an alcoholic or a drug addict or something like that, but it is still an addiction and it is still something that can have very serious effects on your life, your marriage, your family life, your career, your future. You know, I, I mean, I can see, I can think of a whole bunch of different ways that impulse shopping and the addiction of shopping could potentially ruin your life, right? So this is not something to be taken lightly. This is not something to joke off of, oh, I have a shopping addiction. I mean, maybe you're being a little overdramatic and just being silly when you say that, but if it is true, it's it's not something to be taken lightly. So the first thing we have to do, like with any addiction, is we have to do the hard work behind it. And so a lot of us, especially millennials, are addicted to our phones. We're addicted to social media. And I see more and more mothers, especially most, I probably mostly because I follow mostly mothers, um, you know, like taking weekends off or saying like a certain time at night, they unplug, you know, they turn their phone on silent, they put it in the drawer, like whatever. And they are actively trying to break that addiction to social media, that addiction to their phone, that addiction to reaching for something outside, something material to fix a heart issue, to bring them comfort, to bring them joy. Um, And I feel like if you think about it in those same aspects, you've probably experienced a phone addiction or a social media addiction. And you can hopefully parallel that with a shopping addiction and realize that it is something that we oftentimes reach for to replace something else, to mask a pain that we're going through, to deal with stress, something like that. And like any other addiction, if it is if it is bringing a hindrance on your life, then it's something that you need to take action on, is what I believe, regardless of if, how severe that is, if it is a drug addiction all the way down to a caffeine and social media addiction, it's all it all can have negative effects on your life. And we don't want any of those negative effects, right? So the first thing that we have to do really for breaking free from an addiction is to remove ourselves from the temptation. And I even heard Dave Ramsey say this when way back at the beginning of my journey, I used to listen to the Dave Ramsey show religiously, like 
every day, every single episode. Some episodes I would listen to twice if it was like a good, a really good part or I'd like go back and listen. You know, when somebody's like doing their debt-free scream and I wanted to hear their story again, it was just so motivating to me. Um, so I remember him saying once um, about people shopping and the temptation and all of that. And he was like, if you were a recovering alcoholic, you wouldn't hang out in a bar because the temptation would be too strong. Why would you even go there? And he said, so the same thing about a shopping addiction, don't hang out in places that will tempt you. So don't hang out in the mall. Stop, stop browsing. Why are you even there, right? If you can't fight that temptation, then why even go? You know, um, if you can, if you're not dealing with the addiction, like if you've broken free from the addiction, then by all means, like go sit at the bar and order a cheeseburger and you'll be perfectly fine just getting a glass of water, right? But if you're someone who has recently decided that you're going to quit drinking alcohol, you wouldn't even sit at the bar. You might not even go to that restaurant or go to that club or whatever because the temptation would be too strong. So think of that metaphor and apply it to shopping. Stop browsing the mall on the weekends. If you need something to do when you get bored, the mall is not the place for you. The mall is not the place for you. And we definitely used to do this. I think that that's, this stems from, uh, you know, like teenage years of having like your parents drop you off at the mall and you wandering around the mall or like after you could drive, there was like nothing else fun to do. <laughs> so you would just go and like walk the mall and buy like one thing um, and basically just hang out with your friends. Well, somehow in there, we kept doing this as adults, but yet we had more spending money. We had... We didn't have to ask our parents permission to go. And then we just kept going, right? I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, but that that's definitely how Daniel and I used to be. We would get bored. We like, you know, you want to go to the mall? And we go and we'd browse and we'd just walk around. Or we'd go to Walmart. We'd go to Target, wherever. And we would go and just walk around and buy things. Because what else is there to do, Right. And it was so much of an addiction. It was just so normal to us. So we stopped doing that. And I even had to cut back on going to Walmart or Target at all. Or whatever store you can't trust yourself at. Hobby Lobby, other craft stores. <laughs> um, things like that where I just, I could not resist I couldn't go in there without buying something. So I stopped going, which is, I mean, that alone takes a really big level of self-control to just not go. But to me, it was easier to stop myself from just don't go at all than to go in there and say, I'm not going to buy anything. I'm not going to buy anything. Why are you even there? Why are you even tempting yourself, teasing yourself, torturing yourself? Why? So I started grocery shopping at Kroger. Like that's our regular grocery store here. I would, I just started going to a regular grocery store and that was so hard. I was like, all I have is like food here. This is boring. <laughs> um, so that's totally what I did. And I shopped at, at Kroger for years and I would only go to Walmart if I needed something specifically that I couldn't get anywhere else. And mind you, this was before Amazon Prime. We didn't have Amazon Prime. 
then. So I would go for, you know, like a pair of shoes if the girls needed like a, a pair of shoes or something or I don't know, even really like I would buy my diapers from Kroger. I would buy my dog food. I would buy my makeup, cleaning supplies, everything from Kroger. And, you know, my mom, I remember my mom being like, you know that it's more expensive at Kroger, right? And I was like, it's not really in the long run because if I go to Walmart, especially if I'm stressed out, especially like if it's when Daniel's at work and I'm like, comfort, comfort, I need something. I will go in there and I will waste $50, $100, whatever it is to combat the anxiety or depression or overwhelm or my kids are driving me nuts, just buy them something so they'll be quiet, you know, and I would in the long run spend more if I was grocery shopping at Walmart because I'd see something cute on an in cap or whatever, something would happen. And so, you know, I, I specifically remember telling my mom that like, I don't care if Kroger's dog food is more expensive or if their makeup is, you know, 10 cents more expensive, whatever it is. In the long run, I save a lot of money by not having the temptation of a bunch of stuff around me that I don't need. And I still, even just going to Kroger, I would have to still, like, it was an active, you don't need that. Do you really need it? And I will talk about that in a minute, kind of how I, I broke free from that, um, but I had to start thinking of that non-spending side as a muscle that needed to grow. And I've written probably a hundred, uh, hundreds of emails over the years saying this exact same piece of advice. You guys, you're a baby in this aspect of your life. This non-spending muscle is fresh. It's brand new. It is a little baby muscle that needs to grow, right? You don't wake up one day and, you know, be a, a one week old baby and start just bench pressing a hundred pounds. That's ridiculous. So think of yourself as a beginner in this whole world. You're a little baby and you have to grow, and that's okay. And it's allowed, you're, you're allowed to stumble a little bit. You're allowed to have to exercise that muscle and help it grow stronger. And the more you exercise it, the more, the stronger you get, the easier it will become for you to resist. And the more you'll be able to stop and go, do I really need this? Yes or no? And sometimes the answer is no, I don't really need this. And sometimes you go, but do I still want it just because, just for fun? And sometimes you can say yes. You know, shopping and buying things for fun is not taboo. You're allowed to do it to a certain extent, to an extent that it doesn't damage your your life, your family's life, your goals. And again, think of the metaphor as alcohol. You know, you're you're allowed to say, do I need this glass of wine? No, I don't actually need it. Does it bring me joy? Would I like to have it? Yes. Okay, cool. 
you know, but there also, there is that line of, is it hurting me? Is it hurting my family? Is it hurting my long-term goals? Am I, do I know when to stop? You get what I mean? There's definitely a difference. And I know a lot of people will say, well, shopping is my happy place. Like that's my hobby. That brings me joy. It's so much fun. And it's the same thing with a glass of wine. Okay, that's cool. Do you know, do you know your limit? Do you know when to stop? Okay, and if you're still kind of struggling with that, go in the store with a $20 bill, you know, whatever your spending limit is for that pay period. If it's just, if you just have $20 worth of fun money, take a $20 bill in the store. Or I've even seen some people buy themselves gift cards for like Starbucks or um, restaurants or things like that if if that's like their, their fun allowance. And they'll say, well, I'm, you know, I'm allowed $20 of Starbucks this month. And so I'm just going to refill my little gift card and that's all I'm allowed to do. But also no one is going to be looking over your shoulder to make sure that that's what you actually did and make sure that you didn't go over that gift card amount and slip your debit card in there and say, that's okay. You know, the rest can go on the debit card. And you know you're not supposed to. Like, no one's going to be looking over your shoulder. So you have to be the adult in this situation. You have to know what your temptations are, what your limits are, and practice. Practice. And that you are going to fail. You know? You are growing a muscle that has never been grown before. And it's okay to struggle. It's okay to start small and work your way up. Something for me is I will, I kind of would switch out to cheaper stores. So I uh, very much where my love for Dollar Tree came in was I replaced walking around Walmart when I was bored or like waiting, you know, like you have like half an hour and you have nothing to do. And you're just like, I can't sit in this car with these children. (laughs) We have to get out. We have to do something. And I would go and browse Dollar Tree instead. And a lot of times, like when the girls are in dance, dances on the same side of town as Walmart and Dollar Tree. And so I used to, because June's been in dance for six years. So I used to like go to Walmart while she was in class. I'd be bored and I wouldn't want to just sit in the car because the other girls would get fussy. And I would go to Walmart and I would, you know, blow $50, whatever, because I was bored, just killing an hour. And then I started replacing it with Dollar Tree. And I would go on. That's a lot of the times. If you see that I'm at Dollar Tree on my story or something, chances are it's a Tuesday and one of my kids is in dance class. Uh, Or even better, I now if the weather is good, I will replace that time with the park. And I like have timed it and figured out which park is closest and how long we have and all that. And so I'll go to the park instead, even though it's another, you know, it's a five minute, 10 minute longer drive. I'll do that instead because I'm not going to spend any money at all. And actually, the kids enjoy it much more. They'd much rather go to the park than go walk around a store and be told not to touch things. Um, so on the topic of, of kids and spending money, 
a lot of the questions I got and I've gotten over the years in emails is shopping for your kids. Shopping for your kids is a big one and I know it's hard. Um, I have three kids of my own and I'm a normal human mother (laughs) and want to buy my kids everything that their little hearts desire, even as a minimalist, even as a hardcore budget person. But still, they're my babies, you know, and I want to spoil them just as much as anyone else wants to spoil their kids. And also for for myself, you know, I like to spoil myself. I like to get myself a little treat here and there. And what we decided, just like going from Walmart to Dollar Tree or from Walmart to the park, you know, look for the cheaper option or look for the free option instead. So we would, we started doing smaller, cheaper, more usable treats. So we would switch to maybe a cookie instead or like, you know, a a bag of chips or something like instead of a toy, because at least it was something like they were going to (laughs) eat. At least it was like, okay, well, I'll get you a drink, right? Or something like that. Um, Or our favorites are anything from Dollar Tree really but like the one dollar puzzles at Dollar Tree a lot of times that's our treat and a lot of times we're sharing that treat that one dollar thing so we'll go to Dollar Tree and we'll get like a bag of candy or something and we're all for sharing it me and all three of the girls are sharing that one dollar thing the same thing with puzzles or like color books you know I'll say well okay everybody can get one color book and that's what we'll do. That's the, that's our treats now. And it is somewhat, so I try to get somewhat like productive things, like something you could at least eat, even if it is a dessert, like a junk food or something. So at least it's not taking up space. At least it's somewhat useful or something like a puzzle or a color book, something like that. So it's at least somewhat useful, right? Um, instead of a doll or a $10 Barbie or something like that. And it's just going to, it's more expensive. It's going to add to our clutter. It's going to get forgotten anyway. And, or instead we'll just do something free, like going to the park. And once your kids get to the park (laughs) and, you know, their mom is pushing them on the swing or chasing them around or doing whatever, or their siblings are, they're not like they're not going to care. They're not going to be like, you know, but also I really wish I had a new doll right now. <laughs> you know, they're going to get to the park and they're going to be having fun and they're not going to care. You, you know, that's going to be a lot more fun to them. Also, just a little tough love here. No is a complete sentence. And no is a sentence that is said a lot in our family. And like I said, I'm a normal human mother And I don't want to say no to those big eyes looking up at me, but sometimes they don't need it. You know, sometimes it's something, it's something silly. It's a waste of money. It's just, we don't have the money for it. No, sometimes it's just no. And they are learning and they are getting better and they have thrown their fair share of fits and tantrums in the store and oh well you know I know at the end of the day that what I'm doing is ultimately the best for them and I say all the time like one of our jokes is well 
when they inherit millions of dollars after we die, they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll get over it. Uh, so I, I know in the long run, what we're doing for them is better than that toy that they really don't need or that candy bar, you know, in the checkout line that they really don't need. And I'm, I very, very rarely say yes to the candy and all that crap that they put in the checkout line. Very, very rarely. Um, and they ask almost every time at least one child will ask. But mama, that's my favorite. I know that's your favorite. That's really great. Well, can I have it? Nope. Well, why not? Because I said no. <laughs> and that's how it goes. And usually it's followed up by a good little foot stomping, grumpy look, scream, something, whatever. And, you know, I live to tell about it. It's fine. And it won't be like that forever. You know, it will, it will get easier and your kids will become used to it. You'll become used to it. It'll be normal. It's not always them throwing a tantrum. It's not, it's not always a big deal. It's not always them asking for toys candy maybe yes but you know it's not going to be hard forever just hopefully that brings you some kind of reassurance so I think a lot of it is also thinking realizing that it's never going to be breaking free from I'm never going to get to spend money again I hate never I hate that. Never going to get to spend money again. I mean, you sound like a child throwing a tantrum. That's what my kids say. It's like, I won't let them have ice cream or popcorn or something after dinner. And they're like, you never let us have dessert. That's not even true. <laughs> and that's what you sound like when you're thinking about your budget and you're like, I'm never going to get to spend money again. That's really ridiculous and you're throwing a tantrum. <laughs> and it's scarcity thinking, you guys. It is scarcity. That is not abundance at all. With scarcity, we are not looking at the end goal. You know, we're looking at right now. And that's definitely not how I want to live my life. So what we do is we work on the discipline aspect. We allow ourselves and our partner a little bit of spending money, a little bit of fun, right, here and there. And how much, that really depends on your goals, you know, your timeline, if you're happy with how that looks. If you're like, look, we really, we're, we really want to knock out some goals right now and our spending money is going to have to be like 20 bucks each a month for a while, like, are you happy with, like, are you okay with that? I mean, you might be a little like, oh, that sucks. But like, are you good with that timeline? Yeah, our end goals are more important at this point. Or if you're like, you know, we're really crushing our goals lately. Let's up our fun money a little bit. How about 50 bucks each a month? Cool, sounds great. You know, and you're happy with how your timeline looks. Or you're happy, you're fine with it taking you a couple months longer for you to have a little bit more fun money right now. And that's totally fine. As long as you and your partner are on board with the same end goal in mind. And it might even be one of you has more spending money than the other one. It doesn't have to be 100% equal, right? Um, the thing is, I think, is that you agree and that you know 
that it is helping you get to your long-term goals ultimately. And so I say, take it one day at a time. It's not a, I'm never going to get to spend money again. It's today, this is what I'm doing. And when you wake up tomorrow, it'll be today, this is what I'm doing. And you're going to take it one day at a time and one step at a time. You don't have to conquer the whole next five or 10 years all at once. That's ridiculous. That's overwhelming. Of course, you feel overwhelmed. Of course, you feel like you're never going to get to spend money again because you're looking at how many days, thousands of days in a row where you should just be looking at one day at a time. And it's not going to be easy. I I am normal. I'm human. (laughs) And I've had a lot of times where I'm like, this totally sucks. This is not fun. It's not easy. But you guys, you are changing your life. You are changing your life. Look at where I was six years ago versus where I am now. You think that that just happened by doing all of the same things that I've always done? No, I had to change things. And it wasn't easy like any other growing pains. It's a big deal. So I think that we have to learn to give ourselves some grace as we're learning. You know, if your child was learning how to do something new, you wouldn't expect them to know how to do it on the first try. You wouldn't expect them to never mess up. It just as hard as potty training <laughs> is not wasting money training. And yeah, you're going to have some little accidents here and there. And it's going to be, you know... It's more difficult at bedtime when you're potty training. So yeah, it's more difficult when you're actually at the store. Try a little harder. If you have a little accident, give yourself some grace. Do better next time, right? I'm giving you so many fantastic metaphors. Like this is a metaphor episode. (laughs) And I think that we also have to focus, like again, focus on the long term and that we are giving up a little in the moment to long-term gain a lot, okay? We're doing without a little, not everything, not every single thing that brings us joy. We're giving up a little bit to long-term gain a lot. Another thing that really helped me with this new mindset and, and building this new habit was minimalism. And I talk a lot about how When we take control of one aspect of our life, it spills over into other aspects of our lives. And actually, our entire journey really started with minimalism and getting really intentional with our stuff and our time and things like that. And once I started purging, (laughs) I really started realizing how much stuff was actually going to waste, how much stuff that I bought that I didn't really need to buy or how much stuff people bought my kids that they really didn't need to buy and it started to feel so wasteful and as Ali Casaza says you're not wasting the money when you get rid of the things you've wasted the money when you bought the things in the first place and so a lot of people will say like oh I don't want to purge things I spent money on that stuff like that seems like such a waste of money to donate it or to even sell it for a loss That seems like a waste of money. No, it was a waste of money when you bought it in the first place. So I think when you start to see piles 
and boxes and bags of things that you're purging, you start to realize like, wow, I had way too many clothes to begin with. Like my kids had way too many toys. Why did I spend so much money on Christmas last year? Why did I spend so much money on all of those clothes when we only wore like half of them? And it really starts to put in perspective how much stuff you really need. And it starts to put into perspective, um, I think one of the questions, you know, I asked on Instagram and Facebook before recording this episode, if you guys had any questions, and I kind of have worked these questions in throughout the outline. And one of the questions was like buying things that you have good intentions of using, like a planner or like exercise stuff or, you know, a new journal, things like that, that you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to get it together. Like I'm actually going to, and then not doing it. And I think it's that we have this idea of who we want to be, but then we don't do the heart stuff behind it. And we realize that like, I bought all these new workout clothes and then I didn't ever, I never worked out. I bought this really expensive planner and I'm not any more organized than I ever was. And realize that you're not wasting the money when you throw those things away or donate them or sell them or whatever you do. You wasted the money on them when you bought them from the wrong heart place. Your heart wasn't in the right place when you bought them in the first place, right? Um, You weren't ready to do it. And I'm not really (laughs) the right person probably to preach like that kind of stuff, like especially exercise and like food and type stuff. That's not me at all. Um, But you guys know that when I talk about goal setting and things like that and taking intentional steps, I talk about knowing your why. You have to know why you're doing it in the first place. You know, are you just buying a new planner, a new journal, workout clothes, whatever it is, to cover up a wound of something else that you're not really dealing with and you're not really fixing the internal issue and maybe that's why you're not using it. Maybe that's why you're continuing to buy stuff that you don't really need to put a Band-Aid over a gaping wound that needs stitches like that needs real attention instead of just throwing a new workout outfit at it why don't we work on the heart issue of why we're actually not using that stuff in the first place right and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother tangent but um hopefully that helps answers um that that one question that I had coffee break (laughs) So creating a new habit. So kind of like with the exercise clothes, you know, and things like that is we're, we're building that muscle. We're creating that new habit. So we can't just say never spending money again, or yeah, I'm going to buy this workout outfit and it's going to just make me in the best shape of my life. But then we're not going to do any of the discipline behind it, any of the habit building behind it, right? So that has to grow over time. Again, we have to think of it as a muscle. It starts out as we can only lift a five pound weight and then we keep working and we keep working. And maybe after a couple of years, we can do like a hundred pound weight or something. But we have to slowly work up to that. You can't just wake up one day and, and do that. Okay, and spending is the exact same way. 
eventually you'll get better at judging if you really need something or if you just want it. And the secret is, is that sometimes wanting it is okay. I still, I buy things that I don't really need. I buy things that, you know, a year later I purge and I'm like, why did I buy that? That was such a waste, you know? And I'm still, I'm not perfect and it's okay. And sometimes wanting things just because you want them and you actually use them, like that's okay too. I don't need, you know, a new coffee cup, but I wanted it and it made me, it brought me joy and it didn't ruin my long-term goals. So I did it. Okay. Should I go and buy a hundred coffee cups because they bring me joy? No, (laughs) I have to know where my limit is and I have to work on controlling that, okay? So let's shift now to a little more of the overspending aspect. So everything that we kind of just talked about was more of the impulse, was more of the heart is in the wrong place type of stuff. Like you're not, you don't have control over yourself, things like that. So overspending is simply going over budget, right? It is, I spent too much. Impulse shopping is the the crazy erratic grabbing everything, you know. Overspending is simply going over budget. So what I do, and I have a whole podcast episode on this, if you haven't listened to it, um, how I organize my bank accounts, I will link to it in the show notes because it's one of my most popular podcasts. It's my by far most popular YouTube video. And what I do is on payday, I transfer my spending allowance into a bank account with a debit card attached for my spending money. So my bills money and my spending money are completely separate. They're in completely separate bank accounts. I do that. It's literally the first thing I do on payday. Even this past payday, I stayed up until like 1 or 2 a.m. because I was, um, our paydays are on Thursday. The podcast comes out on Thursday. You could do the math. I was still up doing podcast stuff right before a podcast came out. And it was like 1 a.m. and our, our direct deposit had cleared. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Like I'm up. It's it's payday. So I literally stayed up and moved money around and like did the <laughs> did the budget at like one in the morning. And that was the very first thing I did was I transferred my spending allowance over into my spending account and then, you know, did all the other all the other stuff. And so when that spending money is gone, it's gone. You know, that's our spending allowance. And for me, having that separate debit card account just for my spending money is super helpful. So that's for things like groceries, gas, restaurants, fun money, you know, that's where it comes out of. And so, you know, if we've run out of our fun money, like it's pretty normal and just our extras money usually is what it's called. And it's, it's not even really wasteful things. It's just, you know, random things that we need and we will have like, Amazon cart. I think this this payday it was like five or six things were in our Amazon cart, like waiting for more spending money, and it was things like um, the eyebrow gel that I use. Like I can't get it at my Walmart, so I get it on Amazon. It was like a new bag of dog food. 
um, that we also get on Amazon because our dog is old and bougie and he eats expensive food (laughs) and, you know, like random things like that, that we were waiting on more spending money. And the same thing with like our Walmart grocery um, app. I'll have things like sitting in the cart on the app, like waiting for more spending money because I ran out of spending money. I had, I think like $11 left over and, you know, and so when I have it separate, I can clearly see $11 left in spending money. I know that that is completely separate from any bills. I don't have to wait. I don't have to go and check and see like, oh, did this bill clear? Did our landlord cash our rent check? You know, et cetera, et cetera. I know that our spending money is our spending money. And you can do this same thing even for cash. And I know some people will do all their spending money in cash. Some people will do just their restaurants in cash. Some people will do just their pocket money, like their like their fund money for each partner in cash, you know, or they'll do a combination. Some people will do all of it in cash. Some people will do all of it on debit cards. Some people do a combo. So whatever works, whatever fits your lifestyle, whatever fits your personality, do it. And also don't be afraid to try it. You know, um, I know that my friend Marilee from Easy Budget, she started doing, I don't know, it's been several months now, but started doing um, cash for her restaurants, just cash only for her restaurants. And that was like the only thing that she would do in cash. And she was just saying like, they were getting out of hand with going out to eat. And it was something that they needed to get a hold on. So they started doing just cash. And I know people will do the same thing with their spending money, especially if both spouses are like out and about doing their own thing a lot. They'll say, you know, here's your $40, do whatever. Like go like buy a new thing that you want or go out to lunch, whatever you want to do, like no questions asked, that's your fun money. That's totally great, whatever you need to do. Um, And don't be afraid to you know, try something new. Like with Marilee's example, she saw that it wasn't working good the way it was going. So she was like, hey, let's switch this up. Let's just do cash for restaurants and let's see how it goes. And she figured out that she really liked it. So test it. See if it works for you. See if it doesn't. You know, don't be afraid to adapt and adjust as you're going. And the other thing is, you know, setting your spending limit and not going over that. And that is, that goes back to the discipline and the, in this, habit. You know, no one is watching over your shoulder to make sure that you do it. You're the adult in this situation. You know, your parents aren't going to come in, your teacher's not going to come in and be like, "Um, excuse me, you went over your spending budget." You're the adult in this situation. You have to do it. It's the same thing with making yourself get up and wash the dishes after dinner or making yourself at the end of a long week wash all the laundry. And yeah, it sucks. And there's a lot of times where we like procrastinate, we put it off, we whatever, we don't want to do it or we do it and we're really grumpy about it the whole time. But you guys, it's part of being an adult. Like we have to do this. It's much, much more important than washing the dishes or the laundry. Like this is legit, really important to our life as a whole. And it's so much bigger than just this paycheck this just this budget period like this is long term where we're going to be at the end of our life what kind of legacy we're going to leave for our children okay and if you start to see yourself tapping into that money little by little 
maybe we need to separate. I think that was another question I got was, you know, I put money in my savings, but then I find myself slowly tapping into it. Okay, so our personal example of how we do this is we have, I think we have like, we have 10 maybe, like eight or 10 bank accounts. I can't even, I don't we have a lot. So we have at Regions, which is our local, like we we have two physical branches of Regions Bank in our town. So that's our local bank. Um, and we have bills, spending, sinking fund, a, my business account, and our small savings account with Regions. So we have five with Regions. And then we have Ally, which is online. It's a high earning um savings account that's strictly online and which is the reason why they can pay you more for you know your earned interest on your savings account is because they don't have the brick and mortar aspect so that cut down on their overhead and they can you know give more back so with ally we have each one of the girls has their own savings that's three i have a business savings and then i have we have the big the family savings is what we call it. So we have five with them also. And to me, it helps me to keep those separate because I can clearly see what is, you know, what is sitting in the sinking funds, what is sitting in the spending, um, what is, you know, sitting in each savings account, things like that. And coffee break. <laughs> I can so I have with regions I will have my small emergency fund which now is 5000 at the beginning of our journey it was it was 500 and then I quickly learned that $500 is not really that much money when an emergency comes up so I raised that to 1000 like a lot of people actually recommend doing but I was stubborn and I have that there. And yes, I tap into it. I definitely do. And I will replace it. And the reason why I only have the 5000 and I have everything else that is above and beyond 5000 in our savings is in our Ally account is because I don't want it to be an instant transfer for all of my money. I don't trust myself that much. I don't I earn a lot more money with it being an ally. So I have 5,000 in the regions and it really, it could even be less, but I'm super paranoid about my car breaking down because one time my transmission went out and I was like three hours away from home and I freaked out. <laughs> and um, I'm just so, I'm just super paranoid about stuff like that, especially when my husband is in Puerto Rico for three weeks. So I keep 5,000 because I'm like, worst case scenario, my transmission goes out, my car breaks down, whatever, 5,000 should cover that. And so that's, that's how I decided on 5,000, but you can do whatever. And I know that I can instantly transfer that money, but I can't instantly transfer all of my money. I can't go and impulse, you know, drop 20 grand on something. And I don't want to be able to do that. So for times like when we cash flow a boat, <laughs> which we've done, our new boat we bought back in November and we spent 11000 and it was 
it was somewhat of an impulse. Like it was a thought out decision, but it was only thought out for like a week or two before it actually happened. We had been talking about it. Daniel is always shopping online for things like that. Like he's always price comparing and doing his research. And we found this really great boat and we were like, oh, it's such a good deal. Da, da, da. And so we had to pull that, that 11,000 out of the Ally account. We had to transfer it into our regions account to physically get it out in cash. And it took, I think two or it took two or three business days, but we were good with that because we didn't need to impulse spend $11,000, right? We needed to be like, are we sure? Like, do we have a calculated decision? So I think if you find yourself tapping into that money little by little, and it is wasteful, separate it, make it harder to get to. So keep it in a completely separate account or don't link them digitally where you can transfer back and forth. I, I do have my regions and my ally um, linked, like digitally linked so I can transfer back and forth because that's what I do on payday. Any money that's left over, I'll transfer it to our our ally account into our family savings and I can transfer it the opposite way too, but I also know it's gonna take two to three business days. However, with my region savings, when I legitimately go over on my spending budget and I legitimately like don't have enough groceries, yeah, I can tap into that emergency fund, grab $50, $100, whatever, and then put it back the next payday. But the key is putting it back. (laughs) And I always, like I will always do that. That is like always the first thing I do even before I transfer spending money if that needs to be done. So some reasons why you could be overspending. I think that the most important thing is we have to be honest with the reasons. Like I was just saying, like, is it legitimate? Like we need groceries, like we need more gas money. We under budgeted, like something came up. We spent more than we were supposed to. And we've all experienced all of the different reasons, right? And so if you like had a legitimate reason don't beat yourself up for that. You're not wrong. You're not a bad person. You haven't fallen off the wagon. You went over budget. That's it. Like, it's okay. I go over budget all the time. Like we, and I feel like the more, the more money we get in savings, the more, like the, the more and more we grow that like grow our wealth and like grow our experience and all that, the more it is like, I don't know, like, like transfer like $300 real quick. It's fine. You know, <laughs> and it seems like n- not as big of a deal as it used to, because I know, I know us and I know that we wouldn't take it out if we didn't need to. And I also know that we'll put it back and it'll be okay. Right. I don't beat myself up over that anymore. I specifically remember a couple months ago, um, we were out, like we were having breakfast with our family and we were waiting for our table. So we were next door at like a souvenir type little store and like in the touristy area of our town. And, um, Daniel saw something that he wanted to buy and he's like, well, you know, that money didn't clear. And so I don't think we have enough spending money for it. And I was like, we'll check the bank account. And he's like, yeah. He's like, we don't have enough money. And he's like, we shouldn't spend it because we're about to, you know, go out to eat and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just pull like 200 out of savings and we'll put it back. 
it'll be fine. And he's like, okay. And it's not that big of a deal because we know our limits now, right? We're, we're better at it. And we're to the point where, you know, back to the drinking alcohol metaphor, we know we're going to stop after one or two glasses of wine. Like we're not, we're not going to go all out. Like we're not going to lose ourselves in that. But we have had to grow that muscle over time. Uh, So another reason why you could be overspending is that you set an unrealistic amount in the first place. So sometimes we're trying to pinch pennies too much and we set ourselves up for failure. You know, there's no way you're going to feed a family of five on like $50 worth of groceries a month. Like it's not going to happen, right? And if you make that your budget because you're like, oh, we've been spending too much at the grocery store. And so you make it ridiculously low, you're setting yourself up for failure. You know, obviously we want to have a strict budget. Obviously we want to try to be frugal, especially in the beginning of our journey. But also we can't pinch pennies to an impossible amount. It's just not going to happen. So it should be challenging. It should be like, oh yeah, I need to track what I'm throwing into the cart as I'm shopping. But it doesn't need to be impossible where you literally don't have enough food, right? And oftentimes we get really excited about hitting our goals and we want to really cut back. We want to really challenge ourselves. But all we do sometimes, if we do too much, all we do is we put strain on our overall happiness and joy of life. It's too hard. Or we force ourselves to keep pulling money back out of savings. Or we force ourselves to grab the credit card because we didn't leave enough spending money. Or we force ourselves to feel defeated. And then we just quit. And that's not the ultimate goal. Like the ultimate goal is long-term success at this. Not to feel defeated within the first six months and quit and not even try. That's not the point at all. So I think it's knowing that middle ground between challenging yourself, but not making it completely impossible where you're going to fail or quit or any of that. Um, You know, so ease into these cutbacks. So if you have, for example, been spending $800 a month on groceries and you're like, wow, that's a lot. That's probably too much. Give yourself a little break on your sanity and do your cutbacks easily. Like go into them easily. Cut it back $20 at a time or $50 at a time. You don't have to first budget out of the gate like, okay, well, we're going to half that budget. Like that's crazy. (laughs) That is a crazy big jump. And you are going to break your momentum. You're going to break your sanity. It's not going to be fun. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure and it's not going to be fun. So a little bit of a challenge if you're like, okay, I've been spending 800. Let's cut it back to seven. Like that sounds doable, but a little bit of a challenge. That's a good, that's a good little spot. And then you do that for a couple of months and you're like, cool, let's cut it back another hundred or let's cut it back 50 and kind of go from there. On that note, um, something that has been really helpful for me in this area because I know a lot of our money goes to groceries because we eat almost all of our meals at home. I mean, we homeschool, we're, we're home like 90% of the time. So groceries are where we spend a, the majority of our spending money. And so what's helped me is doing the Walmart grocery pickup because 
I can add things into my cart and I can see the total as we're going. So versus going into a physical grocery store with three children, I I did do it, but I was never like that great at it. But I would like at the top of my grocery list, I would keep like five plus 10 plus, you know, whatever. Um, and I know some people will like hold their phones and like add it up as they go or do like a tally counter, you know, something like that. But I, I, you know, <laughs> I couldn't juggle three kids and find the groceries I want and hold my list and hold my phone to do a tally counter or calculator or something. And God, just hanging on to my pin to write the little five plus three, whatever dollars, like next to the items on my list was hard enough. I, I don't know how many times I lost a pin in the grocery store or lost my whole entire list in the grocery store. And so I used to try to do that before a grocery pickup was a thing. And I would get like somewhat close by doing that. But I also would like lose my self on my children. And like, it was a very stressful time. So with the grocery pickup, I can, you know, grocery shop basically when I have a quiet moment like I can grocery shop first thing in the morning or late at night or whatever or when they're distracted doing something and I can actually think straight and I can actually like see my total adding up as I go and then I can go and just pick up my groceries and it takes like 10 minutes and I'm done and I don't have to drag any crazy children into the store and also I found that it cuts back so much on our impulse because we're not seeing you know cute seasonal things on the end caps my kids aren't asking for candy in the checkout line things like that and so what I do is because I'm still a normal human mother and I still want to spoil my kids and I still want them to have things to be excited about I'll ask them is there anything you want on the grocery list and usually it's some kind of junk food and I'll I'll let them pick like one thing each like one snack or one like you know I'll let them each pick their own kind of cereal or something like that you know one of them will say like oh we're, we're out of ice cream can we get more ice cream and the other one will say well I want you know can we have cookies and so they'll each get like a treat and that's a good way to keep it a healthy amount of treat. And I say healthy as I say ice cream and cookies, but you know what I mean. Um, a good balanced, sane amount of treats for everyone. And so you're not in there grabbing a bunch of stuff. And so you're still, you know, you can add that ice cream, that cookies, whatever into your cart, but you're also like, you're taking that into account when you see the total. And you know that if your grocery budget is $100 for that grocery order and there you are at 110, you better go back and take something out. And that's where, you know, cut back to the smaller size or do do like I do and take like minus two bananas, minus one apple, <laughs> like try to cut it back little by little and get like the smaller box of cereal to save like that $2 and try to like get it under budget. That's definitely what I'll do. And so I just think there's so many win-wins because, you know, you can, you can track your amount that you're spending. It cuts back on your impulses. You can still give yourself or your kids a treat, but within reason. Um, and it saves you the time and the sanity of actually going grocery shopping. So you can grocery shop when you have quiet time with a clear, you know, clear thought process. Um, so I'll, I'll actually link to my Walmart 
pickup link. And if you use my link for your first pickup, it'll give you $10 off and it'll also give me $10. So, which is a really great referral. So if you start using it and you like it and you suggest it to other people, then you can, you know, get your own referral and do that and get $10. And so I'm constantly like, I'm trying to talk my mom into doing it right now. And she's like, but I don't have kids. And I'm like, yeah, but you work and you're tired at the end of the day and you could just schedule your pickup for like 530 and go get it right after work. And, you know, you wouldn't have to like drag yourself through the store at the end of a busy work day. And I was like, plus, you know, you can use my link and give me $10. <laughs> I haven't talked her into it yet, though. But it is like my favorite thing. Okay, so one more coffee drink and then we're going to finish up this outline. I told y'all this was like five pages. This is a long episode, but it's so, like so much I wanted to say. Okay, so not enough discipline. Again, you know, with overspending, it's the building the habit. You know, stop lying to yourself about your commitment to hitting your goals. Are you really serious about hitting these goals? I'm going to say that one more time because that was good. Stop lying to yourself about your commitment to hitting your goals. You say that you want to retire a millionaire. You say that you want to cash flow a vehicle. But then your actions say otherwise. So why are you lying to yourself that this is really important to you, but yet you let trips to Walmart or Target or buying crap at a gas station get in the way of those goals? Are you really serious about those goals? Because your actions are not showing me that, right? Recognize your triggers. If you can't trust yourself to go in Hobby Lobby without buying a bunch of crap you don't need, don't go recognize that that's a trigger for you. If online shopping, because, oh, it's so easy and I can just add to cart, add to cart, and it doesn't feel like real money. If that's a trigger for you, stop doing it. Learn yourself, teach yourself how to do better. You know, maybe read a book, listen to a podcast, something like that of someone who has overcome that shopping addiction. You know, find things that are going to teach you how to do better. Replace that action with something healthier. Okay. And people will say, well, what about when things are on sale? That was another question I got. Ask yourself for one, if you really need it. <laughs> I feel like that's stop. Ask yourself. Quit just grabbing things without thinking. If it is a good deal and you will actually use it. I impulse bought. Um, a quote unquote in, impulse bought a case, um, like a cover keyboard Bluetooth thing for my iPad a couple months ago. I didn't plan on buying it. I legitimately needed one because my children had broke my other one and I couldn't like use the keyboard thing for my iPad to like answer emails and stuff. And we were at Staples for something else. I think, oh, I was researching computers. I was like shopping around for computers before I bought my new computer. And it, I saw this Bluetooth keyboard thing on the clearance section. And I was like, oh man, you know? And I stopped and I was like, wait, am I just buying this because it's $10, which is like dirt cheap. Cause when I bought one years ago, the first one it was like $80. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I actually need that. Like, I actually need this. Like, I've actually been saying I needed one of these. Sweet. But I bought it. Cool. You know, I legitimately asked myself, do I need it? 
Is it actually a good deal? Do I have the extra spending money for it? Great, buy it. If not, no. You know, and people ask me about stocking up. Okay, so for me personally, I can't really stock up anymore because we literally don't have the room in our house now. So when we did have our big house, I would like if things were like on a really good sale at Kroger because they're famous for their like 10 for 10 sales. And, you know, I would like run, run with that. A lot of times if it was stuff that I legitimately needed and like wasn't going to expire or things like that. Um, in this house, I can't really stock up and I've found that I'm fine. <laughs> I really am fine. Like like we talked about with the minimalism, you know, once you realize that eventually some of this stuff turns into clutter or trash or you just bought it because it was on sale, you didn't actually need it or you bought too much food and now it's expired and you wasted it. Once you kind of go down that road with minimalism, you start it really helps you realize like is this actually a good deal? Is it just going to eventually turn into clutter or trash and kind of make your decision from there? Um, So you can kind of start to get a better grip on what you actually need. Is it actually a good deal? And if stocking up actually is something that you want to do legitimately and you have room, I think give yourself a limit. Maybe put that as a line item in your budget as like, okay, I have this much grocery money and I have this much like stock up money. And so if something is on a really good sale or I get like a really good coupon or something like that and I want to buy a couple extra, it'll come out of this part of the budget. Or, you know, add a little extra to your grocery budget, understanding that $50 of it goes to stocking up something that's on sale this week, something like that. But I think allowing for it in your budget like have a realistic budget if that's something you want in there then make room for it Um, another thing that I really struggled with was being used to having my own money so when I first became a stay-at-home mom when June was about two I worked from um, from college well I worked you know from high school but I worked after I had her until she was about two when I decided to become a stay-at-home mom and when we wanted to start trying to have a second child and blah 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 and so I was so used to having that extra income from me also having a job and I was able um I was used to being able to buy things that I wanted. That was a really hard habit to break because we were so used to that extra income. Um, So I think that my biggest hurdle was overcoming that old mindset of like, we have all this extra money. So this is where I really worked on creating that new habit for myself. And you know, it wasn't easy in the beginning. And this is something that you'll have to make a conscious effort to do for a while until it becomes your own normal, until it becomes your new normal. And I think just to realize that, you know, your life is changing and that if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. And it is okay for it to be a little uncomfortable, right? And when something does come up, you know, that's where you pull from that sinking fund, you pull from that savings account and you replace it later, or you pull from that stock up part of your budget. And if you know that you honestly, it's something honestly unexpected or something that you honestly could use when you're stocking up or, you know, you go over budget, you don't have to feel guilty about it because you've already allotted for that and it's okay, 
right? Um, and you can figure out where to plan for those unexpected things later. So if you have like a vehicle emergency come up and once you replace that money next, you're going to be like, oh man, I should have been contributing to a sinking fund for my vehicle all along. I'm going to start doing that now. I'm going to start throwing a little bit of money in there. So next time I'll be ready, you know? Um, same thing with like stocking up or like fun money. You're like, you know, usually I spend like $50 a month stocking up on things that are on sale. Normally I spend, you know, $20 a week or something on just fun money for myself. I probably should put that in the budget and that's okay. Okay. So real quick, let's talk about replacing expenses, um, expense, expensive hobbies with, cheap and free things. And I think I could probably do a whole podcast episode on this. Um, But it's just like replacing walking around Walmart with going to the park. You know, as far as free activities, like obviously it depends on how old your kids are, if you have kids at all or, you know, whatever. Um, But we, you know, we go to the park, we go for family walks, we have a lot of nature trails in our town. And so when we get antsy at the house, when we get bored, you want to go for a walk you want to go to the park. Like that's, that's our go-to thing and it's free and it's outside <laughs> and that's, you know, that's great. Um, you know, things like inviting your friends over to play or meeting up at the park instead of meeting at Chick-fil-A, meeting at the mall, going to the movies, things like that. Like there are legitimate things that you can do and still hang out with your friends or still, your kids can still play with their friends and you don't have to be spending money. Another thing that I've really, I've tried to get better about doing over the past couple of years is searching for Facebook events in our area. And our library and our rec center usually have a good bit of free events and they always put them on Facebook. So I'll every once in a while go and search Facebook for like events or I'll see events that like my friends have you know, said that they're going to or something like on Facebook and I'll look into them and I will write them down in my calendar, like plan on going to these free events and the kids love it and they look forward to it and things like that. Um, and if there isn't stuff like that in your town, maybe start things like that, you know, start a mom's group, start a play group in your area, start a group of moms who go to the park together Or, I mean, even if you're a working mom and it has to be, you know, six o'clock at night, you know, to meet up, to go for a walk together, something like that. And that could be something to look forward to instead of meeting up at a restaurant, you know, or meeting up at the movies or the mall or um, an expensive place for your kids to go or something, right? Another thing is having at-home date nights. This was something that we really did a lot in the beginning half because of the money, half because we, you know, we had three kids in four and a half years and like nobody wanted to babysit. (laughs) So we didn't get babysitters very often. So we would have a lot of at-home date nights. And instead of adding $100 to your budget to go out to dinner, add an extra $20 to your grocery budget and like grab some steaks and a bottle of wine or something and do that instead. And it's still a lot cheaper you know, put the kids to bed early or um, still get a babysitter, like maybe take the kids to somebody else's house and drop them off. Like, is that babysitter and just go back home? Um, Something that we also used to do a lot was we would like 
feed the kids, we'd put them to bed, and then we'd have, like, our own dinner, and we would, you know, like, go outside on the back porch and, like, eat at the, um, like, patio table or whatever, and just kind of have, like, a little date like that, and that was always kind of fun, um, and just make it special, you know, and it doesn't have to be a $100 date night to be special. Something that we've even done now recently is, like, um, one date we went and just, like, got some coffees and like to-go coffees and then we just went for a walk on the trails like the same trails that we would take our kids to except we didn't have any kids and we could actually have a conversation and you know and it was actually really nice and then we just sat on a bench and we just talked for a couple of hours and that was our date and it was so it was super fun um the other thing is like the social aspect of eating out is that is really hard and for us that was that was almost harder than breaking the shopping addiction because it involves other people. And so we would meet up with people at restaurants and go out to eat just for the social aspect of getting together, having an excuse to get your friends and family together. But there are other ways that you can do that. Um, and there, there are steps that you can take. Like you could host a dinner at your house. You could offer to have a game night. You could have a movie night. You could have, we did a craft night one night, just a girl's night. And we had some, my sisters and I and some friends over and we all brought like our own craft projects and I made a lasagna and we all just kind of had like a craft night and just ate lasagna and made crafts together. And it was really fun. Um, or something that um, a lot of that our homeschool group does like the moms our moms group um, will we'll have park days a lot with our homeschool group and we'll pack a lunch and we'll do like a picnic lunch and we'll just all kind of camp out at the park and you know me and our friends and play and we all just bring lunch from home <laughs> and it's super cheap but it's still fun it's still getting out of the house it's still that social aspect and honestly the more that we've done this the more and more that I like kind of hate going to restaurants now because I've found that it's actually more fun when you're at home or like at the park or somewhere quiet because restaurants are really loud and you have to worry, especially if your kids are young, like you're worried, like, are the kids actually eating the food? Are they wasting it? I just spent a lot of money on this food. Are they, are they behaving? Are they sitting still? Um, how good of a quality conversation you can even have with each other at a restaurant? Not that great compared to sitting around at home or like at the park or somewhere quiet. And then the bill comes and it's for one meal. And what really gets me is I think I'm going to be hungry again in a few hours. And I just dropped 50 bucks on this meal. That's like half a week's worth of groceries for me. Like that's crazy. And that really just, it took me a long time to come around to it. But once I kind of started to realize like, it's actually really stressful to go to a restaurant and it's insanely expensive. So that, that helped me start to break that habit. Um, and, you know, if you do go out to eat, be price conscious, you know, share a plate, give yourself a limit on how much you're allowed to spend, give yourself like a drink limit. Um, you know, for me, it's a lot of times I'll just get water because it's so much cheaper. Um, I'll make the kids will share a plate because they eat like birds and they waste so much food anyway. 
that usually the little two can share a kid's meal and still <laughs> not eat all the food. So there's no sense in wasting all that food, um, you know, or maybe suggest going somewhere cheaper. If you're going out with like a social aspect with friends or family or something, um, go somewhere cheaper than going to, you know, like the nicest restaurant in town. So two more bullet points. Okay. I know this is a long one, guys. Hang on with me. Another thing is becoming a home economist. So obviously you still have to shop for things. Even if you're on a tight budget, you still have to have food. You still have to have toiletries. You still have to have somewhat have to spend money on clothes, things like that. So get really into it. You know, spend all of your creative shopping energy on food, toiletries, clothes, things like that. And I would start to back in my like strictly Kroger shopping days, I would really look forward to a new makeup item like that was a treat or grabbing a box of cookies or I would get like fresh flowers and I would get like a $5 bouquet of flowers or I would get um, like the, a new magazine like Oprah magazines were my favorite thing back then and I would do things like that and those were those were my splurges. Like those were my fun items for a while there. And that would be it. I remember um, one of mine and June's like favorite splurges was we would get a new color of nail polish like every few weeks. And we would get like a $1 bottle of nail polish, but it would just be fun to like find that color and let her get something. And she was so excited about it. And that would be our treat for the longest time. Um, another thing is like when you're becoming a home economist is like shopping around for those good deals, the price comparisons, and you're still out, you're still shopping, you're still getting that shopping energy out, but you're not buying frivolous things. So you're spending all of your shopping energy on like finding good deals on like food and toiletries and like things that you actually need. Um, and when you start to like work so hard for your purchases and you're like researching things, like when I bought this new computer, I've researched and like I spent a couple days like figuring out which computer I wanted and you invest that time in it you won't have as much time or energy to scroll through like Amazon or whatever or an online store and buy things that you don't really need because you spent all of your shopping energy and free time researching a computer that you legitimately needed right um another thing last tip is really simple but must be said you guys if you are struggling with impulse shopping and overspending it's probably because you don't fully have your budget set up so set up a budget and know for sure where your money is going and how much you're allowed to spend on your fun money your restaurants things like that set up a time to log in your purchases to check how much you've actually spent. Maybe this is every Sunday evening. That's my current routine. Um, maybe it's every morning before you go to work, like while you eat your breakfast or while you drink your coffee. Maybe it's on your lunch break. Maybe it's like while you're in the pickup line waiting for your kids, whatever it is, write it on your calendar, put it on your to-do list, just like you would a dentist appointment and do it, you know? And the same thing as a, like a dentist appointment, like we don't actually want to do it. We don't actually want to go to the dentist, but we know that we have to. We make an appointment and it's non-negotiable at that point. We just do it. Make sure that you are also budgeting in time and money to enjoy your life throughout this journey, okay? 
I am a full believer on life is short, but also life can be really long. <laughs> so like kind of that happy medium. You you just might have to change your perspective on what fun looks like and get a little creative with it. So it might go to, you know, browsing Dollar Tree instead of Walmart. It might go to picnics um, at the park with your friends instead of meeting up at Chick-fil-A to get the kids together to play. Things like that. It's changing your perspective a little bit on it and still finding the joy in those new changes. Okay. You know, Maybe this is the time that you pick up a new hobby. You start to journal. You listen to podcasts, audiobooks, exercise. You know, maybe even start a side hustle business to fill that extra time. That's actually how I started my blog was I was like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I have nothing to do with my free time other than spend money. That's all I can think about doing. So I'm going to start a blog. And it obviously consumes all of my free time now. <laughs> Um, make sure that you are taking care of yourself along the way though. Okay. So this is not about scarcity. This is not about depriving yourself of things that bring you joy. This is about legitimately making your life better in the long run. Um, and I would make sure that you're taking some time each day to work on the heart issues, to work on getting to the root of the problems getting to the root of what caused you to have bad spending habits in the first place. You know, is it a insecurity? Is it a, you know, what is the real heart issue and how can you get to the root of that and actually fix the problem, not just put a bandaid over a gaping wound. And as someone who has been in your shoes, I know that there are a lot of heart issues in your story. There there are reasons why you do the things that you do why you behave the way that you behave, why you have the habits that you have. Your story is so much more than just your numbers. And we have to work on both of those aspects. We have to work on the heart issue or we are going to build a, a tower of wealth on a crumbling foundation. And if you don't go to the root, to the foundation of your life, which is your heart problems, then you're not going to have anything. So nothing that's going to last anyway. Um, so realize that your journey is not just your numbers. It is your heart issues as well. And remember to work on both of those aspects. So this was an insanely long episode. I hope that it was helpful. I had so many notes and I wanted to make sure to get it all in here. Um, I would love to hear what you think about this episode. As always, I would love for you to share it um, and let me know if there are any more questions on this topic or any more topics because asking the questions in my Facebook group and on my Instagram story have been really helpful ways for me to um, plan out the next few episodes. So I would love to hear your feedback on any other episodes that you want me to do and I'm here to help. So that's what I'm here for is to answer your questions. So. That is all for me this week. I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. 
Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.